Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Acura of Memphis. Power is everything. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. It has been a fun morning. Anytime you talk about positive things in the world of sports, especially the teams that you cover, it's always a lot better than talking about all the negative things. But today it's all smiles all around with Tigers fans, Grizzlies fans, fans of Tigers football and the future for Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. We welcome you back. Hour 3, Sports 56 Mornings. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. Their Christmas sale continues, and there's still time for you procrastinators out there. Get on over to Family Leisure. Check out what they have to offer. Get yourself some nice gifts for your loved ones for Christmas, which is coming up on Monday. Currently, it is sunny and 41 degrees. We're looking at partly sunny skies throughout the afternoon with a high of 59, partly cloudy tonight with a low of 37. And then your Thursday, partly sunny, seasonably cool with a high of 58 degrees. Time now to talk some Grizzlies with DeMichael Cole. It's time to talk some Grizzlies basketball. Joining Greg and Eli is DeMichael Cole, Grizzlies beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. Here's DeMichael with Greg and Eli. He is DeMichael Cole, Grizzlies beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. You can follow him on Twitter at C. You could take any writer in the history of writing, DeMichael. They could not have written a script that good that you saw last night in New Orleans. Man, uh, guys, it was... I'm almost... I'm borderline speechless. (laughs) I'm watching it unfold, and, you know... There are two ways you really approach this, but I, I've come to learn that when you see these things gradually happen, just sit there. Like, um, get off get off the keyboard um, and, and just sit there and just take it in. And um, they're down 19 at the half. But you could, like I, I, I said before the half, like it was it was a 28-2 run in the first half. And I, granted, that is a huge run, but if you kind of just erase that run from your memory, they were going toe-to-toe and, Plan like even the stats showed it with the twenty-eight to two run, but they were right there. So it's like they're down nineteen, and then in the second half, you see them just just chopping away slowly. And I'm thinking like, okay, Jaron has four fouls, and he's going to come out super aggressive in the fourth. Uh, they really don't have someone to guard him, and Ja is you know first half we've seen Ja play like this historically throughout his career for the most part. Uh, where in the first half he's kind of filling things out, getting mm-hmm. other guys involved. In the second half he he says it's time, and and that's what happened in the fourth quarter. He and Jaron really took over. They started playing better, and I mean you like you, you can't write it any better. I mean it's right right in front of T. Morant. You know they're celebrating together at nine oh one p.m. It was it was storybook for sure. The um. The night started with the the booze early on for him, um, and I know he talked about him after the games. I don't know what I did to the Pelicans. Were you surprised by that? Do you do you think that'll be the reaction at road arenas going forward? I was surprised. I mean, uh, it's kind of what where I led within my story. I, I know a lot of people focused on uh, the last the situation in the huddle uh, with he and Desmond Bain, uh, but. <laughs> 
I just felt like that was more big picture, you know, um, because John Moran is a superstar, and he's one of, you know, the guys who we put in the conversation is to be the face of the league one day. And, you know, when I think of that, you you really don't think villain, you know? Mm-hmm. You, you think uh, when Kobe and LeBron and those guys went to uh, road arenas, it was always big sections waiting on them. And that's what we've seen in the past. Right, like, yeah, right. I've been to New Orleans. I said that, I've been to New Orleans before, and it's been all love for Josh. So when he comes out, it's mixed, you know, it's, it's, it's loud booze and cheers during the introduction. So I'm thinking at that point, like, okay, that's just, you know, that that's what I call crowd ego, where, you know, you get a lot of, you know, cheers, and then the the other fans are like, no, you, you can't, you know, cheer that much for a guy here. So they try to overpower the cheers with the booze. So it, it was kind of that at first. And then when the game started and he's dribbling the ball, it's like they're booing him. I mean... <laughs> I don't want to say any names, but they're booing him like he's one of those guys who who, we're, who can't go to Canada to play right now. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, so I was kind of surprised. Like, this is wild. But um, shortly enough, you know, uh, the booze they, they got quiet and uh, and he kind of silenced them and, and and whatnot at the end of the day. So, do you believe this is one of those situations where it, it may happen? A lot, and he will just continue to play and try to maybe win him back? That's exactly what's probably going to have to happen. He's going to have to win him back. I think uh, certain arenas, is, there's going to automatically be more love. You know, Atlanta, uh, like they love him out there. I think that's the next away game. I think Atlanta could definitely be a telling one because uh, if Atlanta is similar to that, then then that's going to be really telling because Atlanta is almost like a second, you know, home, you know, for John Morant. Uh, but, but, yeah, I think, I think in in most arenas, probably going to be like that until again, like you said, he wins them back over. And I mean, he, he have uh, some more thirty four point eight assist nights. It, <laughs> it won't be long. <laughs> they they probably have become the most relevant seven and nineteen team in the history of the NBA. Yeah, I, I mean because because people know what they can be. Like, and I it, if Kanye West said, no one man should have all that power. <laughs> and I mean. We just—it's like the pieces are falling into place. Like that—that's that's what John Morant's return. I mean, he's someone told me in the arena. It's like a quarterback. You know, it's like the Jets right now. Uh, you take Aaron Rodgers off, uh, and, and as opposed to putting Aaron Rodgers on that team, like everyone else is designed specifically to play a certain role. And those right. guys, right. other players were telling me, uh, you know, leading up to this, all the way before Marcus Smart was injured, he was telling me like guys are playing roles that. They did not expect to play. And now with John back, you know, Dez goes more into a secondary playmaker role. You know, Jaron uh, still uses that same aggressiveness. But a guy like Vince Williams, like his game can just come so easy to him, you know, in the role that he's playing in. Xavier Tillman uh, had a big game, didn't score much, but had a big game defensively, rebounding the basketball like uh, the role players, like it, it's much easier to kind of just fill in and play your role when you got guys like, you know, John, Dez, and Jaron on the court at all times. You talked about the the final huddle, and I met, I talked about it earlier in the game. And your John talked about it after the game, but. Uh, interesting that he was, I mean, and he talked about the, the fatigue was real. Like he he was feeling it at the end of that game and still was able to do what he did. Yeah, I mean, he you see him in the last huddle. Uh, he was a. Uh, he was a uh, had the massage guns on his calves, and 
and even before that, he he had an oxygen tank. Like, uh, like he was getting some oxygen. I think um, late in the third quarter it was, but because uh, he ended up playing a long stretch when Jaron picked up that fourth foul in the third quarter, I was really that was going to be the telling sign for me of how Jer- how Taylor Jenkins was going to handle this. He had just taken John Morant out a couple minutes earlier. Desmond Bain had played most of the third quarter already, so it was like uh, either you're going to take Dez out at your normal rotation and have none of the guy, none of the, the, the big three in. You're going to bring Ja back in early, first game back, and you know uh, just throw a bunch of minutes at him because you know he's going to play a lot in the fourth. Or you're just going to keep playing Dez all the way through the third quarter and into the fourth quarter potentially. And the answer was he brought Ja back early. He brought Ja back early. Uh, I mean, Ja withstood the storm. You know, he even said it after the game. He felt it. You know, he, he felt it uh, in his body, you know, that, being that first game back. But, uh, I mean, he, he handled it well. You saw him visibly upset when they got the rebound with about, what, eight seconds to go, and Taylor yeah. called the timeout. But obviously, there wasn't going to be any other play call other than let twelve do his thing. Exactly, uh, and and that's kind of you know from his teammates, as we said earlier, he was he wanted to to go to Jaren in the post up, which I don't think was a bad bad idea. Mm-hmm. With the fact the way Jaren dominated that fourth quarter too is you know just going to go a little bit unnoticed now. But uh, Jaren was dominating that fourth, but it was a better idea to get the ball in the hands of the guy who had just scored the previous two baskets. And, I mean, the Pelicans is a very solid defense. But, uh, you know, they're solid on the perimeter to me. When you get into the paint, you can you can make some things happen a little bit. And, and Ja consistently did that. And, um, yeah, I mean, like he said, he said after the game, he said, y'all been here long enough. Y'all, y'all know what time it is. <laughs> it's – what a – some of the stuff, and I talked about sort of Taylor Jenkins. Some of his rotations at times are weird to me. Like it's weird that guys will go from like DNPs like two or three games in a row to suddenly like they're a big part of the rotation. Like David Roddy suddenly like last night really wasn't a part of the rotation. Then all of a sudden yeah. he did come in the game. John Conchar might go five games without playing. Then he's like the first guy off the bench. I don't what it, I don't even understand some of the rotation stuff he does. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I mean, Taylor Jenkins, there's a good and a bad to this, I say, Eli. Uh, this is what I think his strength and what his potential weaknesses could be. Uh, and it's his ability to fill out a game. It's a strength because I know going into games that Taylor Jenkins will make adjustments. Uh, sometimes you wonder if he, you know, makes too much of an adjustment. <laughs> You know, like, I mean, like you said, John Conchard was the first guy off the bench. And I'm like, man, I was just looking at Zaire, Roddy, Jake LaRavia. Like, like it was only a couple games ago. I personally had asked him why Jake LaRavia was getting minutes over John Conchard. All of a sudden, John Conchard is the first guy off the bench. So, it, but the short answer to that is is what I've come to learn. Um, What I've come to learn is Taylor of... Uh, Basically, like he—he's he, really big on these parents. He's—he's he's big on you know, like you saw when when Jaren went out of the game. I think it was big to put uh, John Conchar in the game with John Morant uh, and, and get the rebounding feel because uh, he rebounded the ball very well. Mm-hmm. 
So I mean, that's the best answer I got for you. <laughs> well, do they look at the- do they look at analytics a lot? Do they look and go, do. okay, this combination versus New Orleans in the past with John and John Conchar yes. works, and so that's what they do. That's a big part of it. I, I actually, me and uh, Taylor were talking about that in Houston recently, and uh, uh, they're very big on you know uh, the analytical side in terms of these guys play well together. The plus minus of these guys in certain lineups, the Grizzlies factor in all of that. So they're looking at two man lineups, three man lineup type stuff. Yeah, yeah and, and that's kind of where a guy like John Conchar stands out. And, and, and bringing Ja back into the mix can change that because now you're looking at lineups with him from the past versus what guys you had to do before. With um, do you? He had said, and you, I know you were the one. I think uh, had it from Taylor Jenkins that he talked about Marcus Smart and he said in the Indiana Atlanta kind of window here. Mm-hmm. Do you expect Marcus Smart back this week? I do. I do. Uh, I personally, if you're asking for just my guess, I would lean more towards Saturday okay. uh, than Thursday. But uh, it, I mean, he looks good. I mean, um, all, all signs are pointing towards him him being back soon and. Uh, quite frankly, I think this 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 stretch here, you're gonna need him back. Uh, he he's another guy who's gonna stand out defensively, but yeah, he uh, he he's very close. And then Luke Kennard, it was I believe it was December third when they said they expected him back in two to three weeks. Well, we're past two yeah. weeks, we're nearing three weeks. So yeah. should we expect him back soon as well? Uh, yeah, he he he's short, not much longer than. Than um, Marcus Smart. I think you get Marcus back this week. You get Luke back next week. Um, somewhere on that road trip, you know, you go to Atlanta, you go to New Orleans, you go to uh, Denver, and then you go to L.A. Uh, I, I think he'll be back somewhere in that stretch for sure. Geez, that's a tough stretch. Now, let me ask yeah. you this: When they are back, those two, how do you see the lineup and the rotation? Vince Williams still plays. He, he, he can't come off the floor. Um, that's that's the one thing. That cannot change. The, the big rotation is already, it is what it is. You know, uh, Taylor Jenkins clearly is, you know, you just see he's going to fill the game out between uh, Tillman, Biombo, and Santi. One of those guys is going to finish a game playing alongside of Jaron Jackson Jr. almost every night. You never know who it's going to be. You know, <laughs> you just you just don't. Uh, but with the wings, you can't take Vince Williams off the floor. Uh, he, he He's playing too well. Uh, now, when Marcus Smart gets back, you have that question where uh, you, you put Marcus back in the starting lineup. I mean, uh, he's proven, uh, but Vince Williams, you know, is doing really good work. So you potentially bring Vince Williams back off the bench, or you maybe bring Marcus Smart off the bench for a little straight. We'll see how that's handled. Uh, Luke Kennard's gonna, you know, seamlessly fit back in, and I think uh, Derrick Rose should be back uh, in that stretch as well. Derrick Rose is warming up before the game. I know they said week to week, but. Uh, I think it's more on the earlier part than than the latter. So uh, they're going to have a bunch of reinforcements, and not just reinforcements. Like, I think the problem, you know, it was masked a little bit with Ja uh, being back, but we still saw the big scoring drought happen. You know, the Mm 28-2 run. Uh, The big scoring drought still happened, and that's something they're going to have to clean up because, uh, you know, you're not going to have a lot of 10-point fourth quarter comeback, uh, comeback from behind wins. Uh, so how they how they clean that up simply is having more uh, legitimate scoring threats off the bench because you know who ended that twenty eight to two run? It was John Morant it was when he came back <laughs> into the game and he came back and he, he made a driving layup to end that run. Uh, so you you you'll have you know a Derrick Rose who's capable of getting to that nice you no know, smooth mid range jumper. 
you'll have Luke Kennard, who just not going to miss too many open three pointers. Uh, you'll have Marcus Smart, uh, who's capable of making knocking down some uh, spot up shots as well. You just have more options, and and, and guys who those three guys not really going to be afraid of the moment. So um, I think that'll be big. Yeah, you mentioned that, I, and I'd forgotten that on this road trip they go right back to New Orleans. Yep. So I wonder what the reaction will be <laughs> from the fans not now, that, guy now that he's broken their heart. Next week he's right back there. I wonder if they'll be booing him again. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're really probably going to boo him now, right? <laughs> and, I mean, he he just he just kind of ripped it out of them uh, in this game because I, I talked to a bunch of New Orleans fans at the game. I just wanted to get a feel for it, right? And of course, there was some love there. And then there was one fan telling me, like, oh, we're just disappointed in him. We're, we're disappointed because you know, we, we want to see him behave and things like that. Uh, but overall, like, I feel like, you know, there's some love for Job there. And, and, again, he got booed louder than anyone else on the team. It's a respect thing at the end of the day. Well, it's also a jolt to his system, and that can be a good thing. That, oh, wow, I'm, I'm not as beloved as I thought I would be stepping back on the court because of what I've done, which is still a mystery whether or not really he knows that he did something wrong. I, I, I don't know if he personally thinks he's, he did anything wrong, to be honest with you. Uh, he, he's certainly upset that he screwed up the team uh, with his suspension, uh, and he took full blame for that during the press conference. But I, I just don't know where he stands as far as whether or not he thought he did anything that was really wrong. And now this is a jolt to the system when you have fans showing their displeasure, not just because you're the best player on the team coming in to play their team, but because of what happened. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it was it was just it was huge for for him. It was huge for the team. And I'm talking to the it's it's what what amazed me not just today, but even. Uh, Yesterday and the day before that, when I was in Oklahoma City, was like the players on the team, like his teammates, they're fans, like they're John Morant fans, yeah. and not just yeah. teammates. Like I'm, I'm in the locker room, and Xavier Tillman is smiling like he just won the Big Ten championship, and, <laughs> and he, he's like, yeah, this, you know. And, and yesterday, um, well, a couple days ago, we we're in OKC. You know, they just lost by night, what, nineteen points, and and Jaron Jackson Jr. screaming, "Here we go!" Like it's it's time, like. Um, and a couple guys have told me that having job back, and this this was pretty telling to me, having job back was like the start of a season, right? Like like that that was the preseason in a way for them <laughs> before getting job back. So uh, it's it's the the energy is just drastically different. It makes you because you you remember you know, I just think back to Dylan Brooks saying you know things like oh they don't have the swag and things right like that right now. And people were saying, uh, you know, are we missing that because Dylan Brooks is out? Like, no, we, we just got that answer. In just one got game. the swag, it, right? Just it, got it, the swag back. It's, it's, a, it's a hell of a Christmas gift, isn't it? It's a hell of a, a, hell of a Christmas present for all them. That was one long preseason, though. I mean, that's, that's, that's too, they, they, they play way too many preseason games if that's the preseason. That's that's for I've sure. I've never seen that many preseason games. But uh, <laughs> Darren Jackson Jr. said Christmas came early. So. It did. Absolutely. I'm, I'm predicting a triple-double tomorrow night. I'm, I'm, I... I don't know if it'll be a triple double, but I tell you what, the Pelicans—I mean, not the Pelicans—the uh, Pacers have uh, one of, if not the worst, paint defense in the NBA, and um, they're not very good in terms of guard pressure, in terms of stopping ball. Look, you say triple double, I'm—I'm I'm leaning towards forty. Like it's—it's—it's right. it's, uh, it's gonna be. It's He's gonna, gonna be put on a, a show. 
in a game with as that, long as they win. the way the Pacers play is perfect. Like he up and down, everything right. else. It's against right. Halliburton, yep. who he's heard all about through the yep. the season so far. Yeah, I think he's he gonna want to put on a show. Yeah, I mean, and th- their defense has some leaks in it. It, it, it. We've seen teams put 150, 140, 130 yeah. on the Pacers. Uh, and uh, Ja at home, home opener. I think he just played 35 minutes in the first game, so he. You know, he's going to be feeling good. Oh, yeah. Hopefully he's resting nicely today. Hopefully the streamers will come out for a second time this year, tomorrow night, when the Grizzlies play the Indiana Pacers. He is DeMichael Cole, Grizzlies beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. You can follow him on Twitter at DeMichael C and catch him every Wednesday morning talking with us here on Sports 56 Mornings. Thanks, DeMichael. All right. Take care, guys. You too. Well, tis the season for Corky's. Yes, it's always the season for Corky's. Three sixty-five a year. Hopefully, you ordered up your whole turkeys and your honey-glazed hams. And I'm not sure if you could still squeeze that in. If you like, go to Corky'sBBQ.com. I'm not sure exactly when the deadline is, but the pickup starts December 22nd. So if you have ordered, the pickups begin on Friday and will go through Sunday before Christmas Day on the 25th. But if you're looking for a place to go while you're out there doing that last-minute shopping, you want to stop by, grab yourself a delicious barbecue sandwich or some ribs, it's Corky's Ribs and Barbecue, open seven days a week with four locations, Poplar Avenue in Memphis, Poplar Avenue in Collierville, Germantown Parkway in Cordova, and Goodman Road in Olive Branch. If you're looking to put together a little New Year's Eve party, you want some catering done, Corky's can do that for you. They've been catering as long as they've been in existence, which has been four decades serving up that delicious slow-smoked barbecue. But it's not just the barbecue. Award-winning catfish plates, even delicious tamales and hamburgers, plus all the fixes those rolls are to die for. When you stop by, pick up a Corky's gift card. Always makes a great stocking stuffer. And reserve your private party room at either the Cordova or the Olive Branch locations. Just give them a jingle. Corky's Ribs and Barbecue open for lunch and dinner seven days a week. When we come back, five favorite things. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. We are Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Acura of Memphis. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Late December back in 63. Four seasons way back when. Late December, back in 2023 is what they meant to say. As the Grizzlies win in New Orleans with the return of John Morant going for 34, including the game-winning shot. The Tigers ranked for the first time this season, taking out another ranked team in Virginia, crushing them 77-54 to improve to 9-2. The Memphis City Council voting to hand over the stadium from the city to the University of Memphis. 
And now, of course, we have the start of National Signing Day, the National Signing Period. Just a great 24 hours, and it was indeed, oh, what a night. Time now for Five Favorite Things. I'd like to tell you about my favorite number, which is the number five. I said you okay! <laughs> we'll, you get we'll it. Do without the open. You get it. You understand. It's five favorite things. Just two more weeks to go before we retire five favorite things to the Smithsonian Institute. This week it's your five favorite active pro athletes. Any sport, your five favorite pro athletes, any sport. If you have not sent this, your list in, please do so. Send it in via the Sports 56 listener line by texting it at 901 360 8255. Or send us your list via Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. SportsMemphis.com is our website. You can go at Eli560, at Greg underscore Gaston if you want to send it directly to us. Five favorite things, your five favorite active professional athletes. Eli, you came up with this list, our second to last. You go first. I'll go second. Zach, third. And then we'll get to our listeners. All right. I think I learned about when I was doing this, and I hadn't really thought about it before. That there's not um, there's not as many athletes right now that I really like as used to. I guess maybe it's because I'm yes, getting older. Because you're like, older, a, yes. And it's certainly on Same the baseball me. side of things. I realize that I don't really like the current Cubs <laughs> like that much. There would always have been a Cub on my list, but there's no Cub on my list. I don't. There's like nobody on this current Cubs team who I really, really like. I can understand that. I, there, there is a Philly on my list, but yeah, I, I get it. And, and we're, you're right. We don't have those favorite players like we did as kids growing up. Number five, he would be way higher on my list, but of who he plays for. It's hard to even put him on my list, but I just love watching him play, and he's really, really good. Number five is Debo Samuel. He would be number one if he played for the Cowboys. Uh, number four... Luka Doncic, number three, C.D. Lamb, number two, John Morant, and number one, Micah Parsons. Wow, John Morant, number two. Good for you. Micah Parsons, C.D. Lamb, couple of Cowboys for you. I have no Colts. They're my favorite team. There's just not a player that would fall into that category for me. I do have an honorable mention. It's always debatable whether a golfer is an athlete. I think this guy is an athlete. My honorable mention goes to Brooks Kepka, my favorite golfer out there. Although Victor Hovland's making a good run. Number five, Mike Trout, the pride of Millville, New Jersey. Number four, Desmond Bain, my current favorite NBA player. Number three, Bryce Harper. Of America's team, the Philadelphia Phillies. Number two, Patrick Mahomes, Chiefs quarterback. Just a delight to watch every single time he takes the field. And my number one favorite athlete currently playing, the one and only dual threat, Shohei Otani. Number one. Numero uno. In Japanese, you say number one because I don't know Japanese. Zach? Yeah, I had to make some... Final revisions on my top five. Uh-oh. It's a final Uh-oh. revisions. Okay. <laughs> it was, it he was heard some, some names. Calls, <laughs> he heard some names. That so, were so things out got there. jogged in the memory, or what? Yeah, yeah. Well, you must have forgot like, jog. Oh, okay, so honorable mention, and this is kind of a this is kind of a curveball. No pun intended. Giancarlo Stanton of the Yankees. He's my favorite. Okay. 
I don't favorite mention. baseball player? Favorite baseball player. Okay. Number five, one of my revisions, Amari Cooper with the Cleveland Browns. When he was the Cowboys, he was like the favorite receiver. I love okay. watching him run routes. Number four, Jason Tatum. Number three, my other revision, I <laughs> threw in C.D. Lamb as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> number two, Dak Prescott. Number one, John Moran. I knew John had to be on that list. Okay. Cowboys, both of you guys slanted to your to your favorite team, the Cowboys. I understand that. All right, let's get to our listeners. Uh, John, see if you could pick up the theme of his. A lot of these have themes that you might you you probably will be able to recognize. Uh, he has an honorable mention for Chase Elliott. That doesn't really fit the theme. Uh, number five, Amari Cooper. Number four, Julio Jones. Number three, HaHa Clinton Dix. Number two, Derek Henry. And number one, Tua. They are all athletes. I think that's what we're talking about here, right? Yes, yes. They are current athletes. Uh, who do you have first? Chase Elliott? Chase that's Elliott with his honorable mention. There you go. Okay. Um, oh, come on up. There we go. Uh, I'm not sure which order this goes in, but we'll go Desmond Bain, Fred Warner, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and Ja. So you got a little bit of a theme going there too, right? He's got a 49er sandwich with Grizzlies as the bread. Yes. Um, Speaking of the 49ers, my buddy John Roser, who's a huge 49er fan, um, he has a theme. Uh, he has George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Trent Williams, Brock Purdy, and then John Morant. Brock Purdy number two. Wow. I don't know what order. He doesn't know. Oh, okay, okay. He's either two or four. I'm going to guess. I I bet Jaws is first, so I'm going to go Purdy would probably be a second, unless he put it all out of order. Uh, Marty on Twitter has uh, Ozzy Albies, Austin Riley, Ronald Acuna Jr., Tony Pollard, and Derek Rose. So three Braves. A little bit of a theme there. Braves and former Tigers. Seems to be the theme of that one. Uh, let's see here. Uh, number five, Deontay Wilder. Boxer. Number four, Patrick Mahomes. Number three, LeBron James. Number two, Rafa Nadal. And number one, Tiger Woods. And see, I I thought about Tiger Woods and I could put him on my list, although I don't even really consider him active anymore. <laughs> like, I really don't. I kind of consider Tiger retired at this point. Yes, but he's going to play once a month is what he said. He played last week. I know it was a made-for-television yeah. event. Aaron Rodgers was going to return to the season, too. Well, if they were in the hunt, maybe he would have. But no, he you have to never give— never going to retire. It was stupid if he did. But you have to give that person the, the benefit of the doubt with Tiger Woods. I, I, I would accept that. It's your call. I said it's fine. Okay. I said on my list, okay. I just could, I didn't put I him on there I because I consider go. I I kind of consider Tiger retired. I thought you were about to go the old golfers aren't athletes type thing, which some people believe, but which is a bunch of BS. Uh, Raider Corey has uh, a shout out to Jerry Palm for having Aiden O'Connell on his list, but yeah, Jerry always has a theme. It's either Queen or Purdue. Exactly. If anything fits, they're going to be always <laughs> other. Uh, number five, Christian McCaffrey. Number four, Devonte Adams. Number three, Desmond Bain. Number two, Max Crosby. And number one, no surprise, Ja Morant. So a couple of uh, couple of Raiders. A couple of Raiders. On that list. Yeah. 
at a couple of Grizzlies on that list. Um, here's who, another one. Who, who, by the way, by the way, who is your favorite of your favorite teams? Is it the Cowboys or is it the Cubs? Um, just depends. Because a lot of times people, you know, they have favorite teams in every sport, but the themes seem to be with just the one team. And I wonder if they like that team more. Like the Phillies are my favorite. No, I mean like the right Colts again, are next. I don't have any Phillies Cubs on my list because I don't. The Cubs don't really have any players. Four years ago, when you had Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo and all those guys, right? My list would have been more probably all Cubs. Okay, but right now the Cubs don't have anybody that I really really like. Yes, yeah, like the Colts. Christopher Morell's probably my favorite Cub right now, and he but he's not uh, uh, he's not there yet on the list the, of top the five. Closest Colt to making my list was Jonathan Taylor. He just came up a little bit short. Uh, here's another one with a um, a list. I won't tell you who this is from until afterwards. Uh, let's see if you can uh, okay n- uh, figure out the the theme here. It's an, uh, he's got an honorable mention for Ryan Stanick of the Astros. Uh, number five, Jalen Williams, the Arkansas Jalen Williams, not the other Jalen Williams from the Thunder. Number four, James McCann. Number three, Heston Kierstad. Number two, Andrew Benintendi. Number one, Bobby Portis. That comes from Razorback Juan, if you didn't catch the theme. Well, I figured it was Razorback somehow, but did Andrew Benatendi, did he play at Arkansas? Yes, all of those guys are from Arkansas. I had no idea he played there. It threw yes. me off when, he, when, he, when you said that name. You just thought Andrew Benatendi was on his list? Yeah, for some stupid Among reason. Among a bunch of Arkansas guys, Andrew Benatendi just happened to be well, his number two guy. <laughs> well, I was a little confused there. I was starting to think, like, are we talking about Italians? And I'm like, wait, wait, no. A couple of those guys weren't Italians. Like, if you put if you put my boy Tommy DeVito on that list with Benatendi, I'm thinking, okay, he's got Italian athletes. Garoppolo. Got four Arkansas guys and Andrew Benatendi. Well, you said, give me the list again. The first one was an honorable mention, right? That was Ryan Stanek. Yes, Okay. And then you went who? Number five? Uh, number five was uh, Jalen Williams. Number okay. four was James McCann. Number three was Heston Kirsten. Number Those two, th- Andrew Benatendi. Number one, Bobby Number Porter. four, number three, number two. I had no idea they went to Arkansas. In fact, one of those guys I never even heard of. So that that's why I was not sure it was an Arkansas theme. Uh, Tennessee Tom... Honorable mention Tony Stewart, NHRA top fuel dragster. I just say, is he running? Is he he's doing that now? I don't know what Tony's doing now. Number five, Draymond Green. Really? Number four, Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell. Number three, TJ Watt. Okay. Number two, Jalen Hurts. Number one, Travis Henry. Okay. It's an that's a weird list, Tom. That is a very I'm weird just going to say it's a weird list. I'll just come right Jack, that, That's a bizarre list. Jack Campbell is a hockey player. I think he's a goal. Is he a goalkeeper? I don't know. I have, I have no idea who Jack Campbell is. Drafted number 18 by the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Bobby. Yeah, he's a goaltender. Bobby has number five, Phil Mickelson. Number four, Ja. Number three, Paul Goldschmidt. Number two, does it qualify because he's got Malcolm Dandridge, who's not a professional. And number one, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Uh, Another one here. 
Number five, Amanda Nunez. Number four, Salvador Perez. Number three, Deuce Vaughn. This is an eclectic list. Number two, Tyler Lockett. And number one, Alicia Lehman. Amanda Nunez is a terrific MMA fighter, but I don't know who the last one is. Give me the name again. Alicia Lehman. Tom Lehman's daughter. Alicia Lehman. I don't know. I don't. That, is, that is a bizarre list. That, that one is, that's more bizarre than Tennessee Tom's. Alicia Lehman is a Swiss professional footballer. She plays soccer for Aston Villa and the Switzerland national team. And she's delightful to look at. Let's just put it that way. She's very pretty. Therefore, more than likely, the reason to put that <laughs> put that young lady on your top five list. I guess must be a Kansas State fan or maybe graduate with Deuce Vaughn and Tyler Lockett. Maybe. Maybe. Are they always themed? Did Salvador, where did, Salvador, maybe this person's from Kansas City, too, Salvador Perez. Right. Just try to piece this all together. With the Royals? I don't know. I don't know where. Uh, Sometimes like, there's no. Is Amanda Nunez from Kansas City by chance? Or something or Kansas? I don't know. I don't even know she's from the United States, is she? Um, let me see. She is Brazilian, I believe. Let me look it up. Amanda Nunez. Wikipedia wants to give wants me to give him some money. I'm not going to do that. She was born in Brazil. Yeah. Where does she live here now? She lives in Kansas City. No, I don't know. I don't know where she lives. I'm sure she lives in the United States. I would guess as much as she fights, but maybe not. Anyway, there you go. Is that it? Uh believe that is. All right. Yes. Last one next week. Five favorite things. We want full participation. I know it'll be after Christmas and Folks will be doing their own thing, but next Tuesday we'll give you the topic. Next Wednesday we'll do it. Five favorite things. Genesis Diamonds. Speaking of Christmas, we are getting down to the uh, down to the wire when it comes to Christmas shopping, and it's down to the wire for you to take advantage of five years zero interest financing at Genesis Diamonds, and that's on anything in the store. If you're thinking about getting that engagement ring, maybe you're thinking about some beautiful earrings or bracelet, or bands, certified natural diamonds, lab-grown diamonds, everything they've got, including luxury pre-owned Rolex watches, all available at Genesis Diamonds with zero interest financing for five years. You could go find them at the Poplar Common Shopping Center, Poplar Perkins Extended. Selection that is out of this world, better than anything you'll find in town. Prices that are absolutely amazing. And now through Christmas Eve, 0% financing for five years, all at Genesis Diamonds. Again, Poplar Common Shopping Center, Poplar and Perkins Extended. I did miss, uh, I skipped over Wayne's list. He also has a very much a theme. Um, honorable mention to Jake Elliott. Uh, number five, Daryl Henderson. Number four, Antonio Gibson. Number three, Calvin Austin. Number two, Kenneth Gainwell. And number one, Tony Pollard. Yeah, it's a good thing you didn't put Riley Patterson on that list because technically now Riley Patterson is out of a job. He was cut yesterday by the Detroit Lions. I'm sure he'll get another opportunity. He's made some big kicks, but uh, I was a little surprised by that. So Riley Patterson looking for a new home. Also, the Lions activated Hendon Hooker. He would still be an active athlete. Without a team, are you active? 
Yeah, I mean. Okay, I mean, then I'm active. I mean, you just. Well, no, you're not. <laughs> well, I mean. The, you weren't cut yesterday for, but you haven't been playing. If you're not a on a team, you're not active. I mean, that's the bottom line, right? I mean, are you. Yes, you you're are. hoping you're, to get it. Okay, all right. all right. I guess we'll agree to disagree on that. I wouldn't put that. If a, play, if a player right now is not on a team, and we're talking about a team sport here, and they don't have a team, then I don't know when they're playing, where they're playing. So, unfortunately, that's uh, that's a guy right now looking for a new home, and I think he'll find one. All right, when we come back, it is National Signing Day. Uh, some announcements starting to trickle in. It will be uh, more so for the later part of the day. And then tomorrow, as I mentioned, Brian Moss will join us to recap everything that happened with the University of Memphis. But we've got some details to give you in our final segment. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Acura of Memphis. Okay, you know, this card looks great wrapped around you, you know. Here once again... Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. That's, That's right, Acura Memphis. They bring you this hour program located on Ridgeway, right there at the intersection with 385. The beautiful dealership, beautiful automobiles. Go by, check out those beautiful Acura automobiles. Take a test drive in one of those. Maybe a new vehicle, maybe a pre-owned vehicle, including a certified pre-owned Acura. You can find them all at Acura of Memphis. You can also find them online, get a lot of information, all the th- Stuff you need to know before you go take that test drive. Go to AcuraOfMemphis.com. I did have another list come in on Twitter. Carolyn, uh, number five, Shohei. Number four, Robert Acuna Jr. Number three, Coco Goff. Number two, Giannis Adetokounmpo. And number one, Simone Biles. Little housekeeping. Um, Sam Hardiman tweets out from the Daily Memphian. The actual vote yesterday for the transfer... Originally, it was reported 7-1-1. One, and one. It was actually 8 for the transfer, 2 against, and 1 abstention. The two that voted against, council members Janice Swearingen in Washington and Martavius Jones. Also, yesterday at the end of the show, I talked about the Tommy DeVito saga as far as the appearance at Caniglio's Old Fashioned Pizzeria in Morristown. He was supposed to do it for $10,000. And then his agent, the very popular Sean Stellato, uh, said that it was going to be $20,000. Then they argued about whether or not it was a signed contract, which it was not, according to Nino Caniglio, who's the owner of the pizzeria. Well, everything's fine. Tommy DeVito made an appearance and did not charge him a cent. So Tommy was at the pizzeria yesterday. Is he a free pizza for life? I don't know if he gets free pizza for life, but they uh, they shared a slice yesterday on social media. So good for Tommy doing the right thing. Also, again, National Signing Day. Names are be- I don't think he did the right thing, but that's... Why did he do the right thing? I would have got paid for the damn thing. Well, his, his agent... You're right. His agent's the one who should pay the piper. Maybe his agent will do something for him. But yeah, no, I think he did the right thing by getting it settled. That's what I mean. By not having this... You know, not not doing it at all, not making an appearance and screwing the guy over. Uh, that's what I'm talking about, getting it right. Yeah, probably should have earned some money out of the deal, but he just did it for free. Uh, there is uh, a bunch of names that are starting to roll in for uh, the University of Memphis as official signees. 
Uh, Takofa Lewis is a lineman from Pearl, Mississippi. He says, I chose Memphis because I felt like I would be de- I would be developed here. And that's a rich and strong culture. Uh, you have some others, including Javante Mackey, who is a transfer from Arkansas State. Uh, he talked about also the culture at the University of Memphis. He's a hometown kid from Whitehaven High School and is happy to be home. But uh, we're going to have a lot more stories as the day progresses and more of that tomorrow when Brian Moss joins us. Translation, I chose Memphis because I could be developed here. Then I could transfer to a Power 5 program. <sighs> yeah. Unfortunately, it's a part of what it is with football today. I want to thank Andy Borman, Jerry Palm, DeMichael Cole for joining us on the program today. If you missed any of our great guests, you can always listen to the podcast. Go to sportsmemphis.com. Check out Sports 56 Mornings. We break it down hourly and listen at your leisure. Tomorrow, as I mentioned, Brian Moss on Tigers Recruiting. We'll have the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Inside College Football Hour. We'll continue with our bowl picks. That's all coming up tomorrow, starting bright and early at 7 a.m., Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 is next. I'm sure I'll have a lot more on that big Tigers game he called yesterday against Virginia. For Eli Savoy and for Zach Boyd, I'm Greg Gaston. Have a great day, everybody. Hey.